welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Good evening. So if you want to open to 2 Samuel... Andy, would you mind turning off the heat? I think it's getting really hot. Everybody's warm enough, yeah? <laughs> so Second Samuel. Second Samuel chapter 9. I feel, uh, I feel very blessed tonight. Uh, we come back from that conference weekend and... God just moved. He just moved. And it's amazing how when you're in the presence of God, you can be in awe. You can be overjoyed. You can be excited. You can dance. You can kneel. All of it in the presence of God. And um, I was just blown away with, with how uh, God, God just impacted the people and how he spoke again through his word. It was just so fresh and alive. Um, and then a couple of weekends before, I was just thinking about this. We had our youth weekend, our own Cork Church youth weekend. A lovely weekend, young people getting baptized in the Holy Spirit, getting saved. Um, beautiful, beautiful time in, in the presence of God. I was downstairs yesterday in Feed Cork, just celebrating. They had a, a volunteer day, and volunteers were in getting cake, and um, just uh, looking at what was happening in Feed Cork and, and just to celebrate what's happening there, how God is, is just opening doors and allowing Feed Cork to, to, to have a bigger impact in our city. And it, it's powerful. It's powerful. Um, tonight we have our preteens going on downstairs. That's wonderful. Our kids are meeting downstairs. They're learning about the things of God. That's wonderful. And brothers and sisters, we need to give thanks we need to be thankful, don't we? Can we give the Lord a clap and just, just thank him for all that he's doing? You know, I, I, coming back from the conference weekend, um, to me, it's not hard to come home because there's bread in the house here. You know, we have the presence of God. God is doing something amongst us. God is alive amongst us. I remember days when the church was very small and going home from special weekends, um, special conferences and, and going back, I remember going back up to Letterkenny and the church was very small and it seemed like God wasn't doing much and, and it was hard to go back uh, but I'm so, I'm so glad to be coming back here. God is, is doing something, he's alive and God is doing something in Letterkenny now as well. God is moving in our nation. He is, he is, and it's good. Well, we, we have to take hold of these things and, and not, not miss it. Um, keep Pastor Patrick in prayer. He's away on a, on a short break. Pastor Nick is on, on a holiday as well. Keep him in prayer that, that he would get refreshed. Uh, and I'm so glad you prayed for Gavin tonight, Hamp. Uh, but we also need to pray for Hamp as well, just that, that God would, would continue to heal his foot. Um, I thought it was going to take him about three hours. I thought the meeting would be over before he got on the stage tonight. 
<laughs> but that's his normal walking pace. So, uh, <laughs> Second Samuel chapter nine. Let's let's read from verse one there. One day, David began wondering if anyone in Saul's family was still alive, for he had promised Jonathan that he would show kindness to them. He summoned a man named Ziba, who had been one of Saul's servants. Are you Ziba? The king asked. Yes, sir, I am, Ziba replied. The king then asked him, is anyone still alive from Saul's family? If so, I want to show God's kindness to them in any way I can. Ziba replied, yes, one of Jonathan's sons is still alive, but he is crippled. Where is he? The king asked. In Lodibar, Ziba told him, at the home of Machir, son of Amiel. So David sent for him and brought him from Machir's home. His name was Mephibosheth. Everybody say Mephibosheth. Try it again. <laughs> it's not an easy name. I'm going to struggle and stammer over that tonight. Mephibosheth. His name was Mephibosheth. He was Jonathan's son and Saul's grandson. When he came to David, he bowed low in great fear and said, I am your servant. But David said, don't be afraid. I've asked you to come so that I can be kind to you because of my vow to your father, Jonathan. I will give you all the land that once belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you may live here with me at the palace. Mephibosheth fell to the ground before the king. Should the king show such kindness to a dead dog like me, he exclaimed. Then the king summoned Saul's servant, Ziba, and said, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and servants are to farm the land for him to produce food for his family. But Mephibosheth will live here at the palace with me. Ziba, who had 15 sons and 20 servants, replied, Yes, my lord, I will do all that you have commanded. And from that time on, Mephibosheth ate regularly with David as though he were one of his own sons. Mephibosheth had a young son named Micah. And from then on, all the members of Ziba's household were Mephibosheth's servants. And Mephibosheth, who was crippled in both feet, moved to Jerusalem to live at the palace. Lord God, I just thank you, Lord, for Lord, your scriptures, O oh God. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, for how you've been speaking to us, O oh God. And oh, Lord, I thank you, Lord, that, that today, Lord, we can, Lord, read, Lord, this story, Lord, and, and, and we can, Lord, glean from it, Lord. Lord, reflections of you, Jesus. Lord, it's, it's scripture, O oh God. It's there for our, Lord, encouragement, Lord. It's there for our rebuke, O oh God. Oh, Lord, it's there, Lord, to steer us, oh, God. And, and tonight, God, would you, Lord, Lord, let the work of your Scripture, Lord, be full and complete tonight, Lord, in me, Jesus. Lord, in each of us, oh, God, let, let your word come, Lord. Lord, wash over us, Jesus. Lord, speak to us. Lord, correct us, oh, God. Lord, have your way, Lord, in our minds and in our hearts, Lord, in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I, I felt drawn to the Scripture today. 
and it was only after I finished preparing I realized that Pastor Nick has been, been speaking on the New Covenant for the last two weeks. I, didn't, I wasn't in for the sermon on Sunday. I, was, I had to do some other things. Um, and I missed the second part of it. And it was just out of my mind. But I realized now that this is going to tie in so well with what, what Pastor Nick has been preaching this last two weeks. So if you missed that, go back and listen to, listen to the last two weeks on uh, the New Covenant, part one and part two. And it takes a little bit of grappling with brothers and sisters. It does. There, there, there's a lot of legal language and historical situations and history to work through. But when you catch a grasp of that New Covenant, if you can catch a hold of that, you will have put a foundation for your salvation into your life, a, a, a really strong foundation, and your faith, your faith will take off. That, that's what I found when I came into an understanding of New Covenant. My faith was able to rise on that, and, and I was able to shed a lot of the, the niggling doubts you know, that, that seemed to always plague me in, in enjoying a walk with the Lord. So go back, listen to that. If you missed it, get out your pen and paper, study it. Uh, it's really, really important as a foundation in your life. Anyway, back to tonight. Saul, who was the grandfather of Mephibosheth, he, we know that, that he was the first king of Israel. God didn't really want Israel to have kings. God wanted to lead the nation through prophets, but the Israelites demanded a king, so eventually God allowed them to have a king, and he warned them. They had a king, and the first king, Saul, uh, was, was anointed by Samuel to be king, was installed as king, and he went despotic and eventually rebelled against God and actually let down the whole nation of Israel because it led to defeat, and ultimately Saul and his son Jonathan lost their lives because of Saul's rebellion. And uh, when, when Saul rebelled, then God anointed David to be king from a, a different family, a, a different lineage, and, and David was anointed to be king and had to actually run away from Saul and hide from Saul. Many of you will know this story, and I'm, I'm jumping through it quite quickly here. But anyway, uh, what, what we know is that uh, Mephibosheth is the grandson of Saul, the son of Jonathan, and Jonathan and David were friends. So Mephibosheth, this, this character that, that we're talking about tonight, he had two major problems. The, the first one, uh, and if you, if you want, you can go back to 2 Samuel chapter 4, verse 4, and you can read the story of how Mephibosheth became crippled. What happened was when his, when his father and grandfather died in the battle, the nurse ran away with Mephibosheth. He was five years old at the time and dropped him while running and damaged his legs in some way, maybe broke his legs, damaged his legs, and, and, and he became crippled. Then that, that, was, that was Mephibosheth's first problem. His second problem was that he was... I suppose, in the, in the line, in the lineage to be king. He was the son of Jonathan, who was the son of Saul. He, like, this was, this was the way that, that the kingdoms would have worked. 
in the time Jonathan would have been the, the next heir to the kingdom of Israel after Saul. And then, I suppose, Mephibosheth would have been, if he was the only surviving heir, he would have been next in line to, to, to the king. And uh, so that, that seems like a good thing. But whenever there's another dynasty is taken over, whenever another uh, king family is now on the throne, it becomes a problem. Because what happened in those days was if a new king, if somebody else took over the throne, what, what they would do is kill all the, all the, the, the sons of the previous king and, and probably eliminate the majority of the family of the previous king so that there could be no rebellions, so that there could be no attacks on the new king's authority. And, uh, and so this was, this, this was an issue from Mephibosheth. He, he could be a victim of this. He could be killed at any time. He could be brought out and put to death because David, and, and, and Mephibosheth's mind, David would want to protect his lineage, his kingdom from uh, Saul's lineage. So I would imagine Mephibosheth was living with a lot of fear, trying to, trying to keep a low profile. He didn't want people to know maybe that he was of the lineage of Saul. He was trying to keep, keep it hush-hush. And he doesn't, maybe it's because of what has happened that Saul and Jonathan are dead, but Mephibosheth doesn't have a home. He's living with somebody else. We see it here. He's living in the home of Machir, son of Amiel. He doesn't, Mephibosheth doesn't have his own home. So it seems that, that Mephibosheth is, is orphaned. He's, he's crippled and he needs to stay in obscurity. He doesn't have a home. His opportunities in life are, are very, very limited. Um, he has a son, and a son called Micah, so it seems he, he is married. Um, but back in those days, opportunities for, for people with disabilities and, uh, and issues like that were very limited, very limited. There was no social welfare system. So life for Mephibosheth didn't have a great outlook. Remember uh, when my, I ruptured my Achilles tendon? I was even slower than Hamp <laughs> at walking. And uh, I remember being, being very limited. I remember trying to make a cup of coffee and going over to the sink and making the coffee and discovering, because it was on crutches, that I couldn't even carry the coffee over to a seat to sit down and drink it. I had to drink it at the sink as well because my two hands had to be in the crutches. And uh, Mephibosheth has, has all these sorts of difficulties and challenges. And I remember the doctors telling me at that time too that, that there is a possibility with an Achilles injury that you may not walk normally ever again. And I remember thinking some of those thoughts that I'm sure Mephibosheth would have thought, you know, what, how, how is life ever going to improve? I was thinking, you know, what if I can't walk again? I can't do, you know, maybe I can't lead worship or I'd have to sit and lead worship or, you know, the, the different things that, 
that, that I do in life. I, I like to be out in the water. I like, you know, I like to be out and about. And um, I, was even, I was even relenting that I may not be able to bring the bins out. You know, so um, life could be changed. And uh, Bephibosheth was, was living in that, that type of life. So his future wasn't looking good. And he was living in this place called Low Deber, which means pastureless, pastureless. And I would say maybe that was a fair reflection of Mephibosheth's life, fruitless and, and maybe void, uh, lacking, lacking uh, you know, life and, and opportunity and Low Deber was the name. In fact, Mephibosheth, he refers to himself as a dead dog later on in his conversation with David. That, that's how he sees himself, a dead dog. He's lost everything. He's, he's no value, no esteem, no independence, and no worth. I think our lives before we came to Christ could be seen like that. Sin crippled us. The things, the things that we would have liked to have done, you know, building good relationships, building, building healthy lives, you know, doing something good with our lives, sin corrupts all that. It cripples all that. It steals it all. We, get, we become crippled with selfishness and indulging in things that, that ultimately do us harm. Sin affects how we view ourselves. Sin, sin destroys relationships, that selfishness, that, that I, I, want, I want things for me. It, it corrupts relationships and, 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 and destroys trust. We lie to each other. We hurt each other. We have been hurt, lied to, damaged through other people's sin. And the human race just seems to be getting worse and worse. As a, as a collective human race, the Bible describes us as being dead in our sins. Dead dogs, Mephibosheth would describe us. He felt like a dead dog. And not only that, but we are, without Christ, we're in danger of death, eternal death. You know, where we ultimately will end up in, in that place of suffering that we hate to talk about, but it's a truth. The Bible talks about hell. It's a horrible thought, but it's a truth. And that's why Jesus came to save us. But without, without God intervening, we're, we're dead in our sins. We're dead for eternity. We are lost. We are crippled. We are helpless. The Bible describes us as, as blind and lost. Separated from God. Separated from eternal life. And, and in our reading today, we, we see that David asks Ziba if there's any of Saul's family left because he wants to show God's kindness to them. 
I want us to flick back to 1 Samuel chapter 20, verse 14. 1 Samuel chapter 20, verse 14. And this, is, this here is a conversation between David and Jonathan, and they were friends. And, and a while before Mephibosheth came along, they made, they, 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 they loved each other as friends. And we read this conversation, verse 14, 1 Samuel chapter 20, verse 14. And may you treat me with the faithful love of the Lord as long as I live. And this is Jonathan talking to David. But if I die, treat my family with this faithful love even when the Lord destroys all your enemies. So Jonathan made a covenant with David, saying, may the Lord destroy all your enemies. And Jonathan made David reaffirm his vow of friendship again, for Jonathan loved David as much as he loved himself. Flick over to verse 42, the same chapter. At last, Jonathan said to David, go in peace, for we have made a pact in the Lord's name. We have entrusted each other and each other's children into the Lord's hands forever. Then David left and Jonathan returned to the city. And what you're seeing there is a conversation between David and Jonathan that was made before Mephibosheth was ever thought about where they agreed that they would look out for each other, they would defend each other, they would, they would protect each other, and they would protect each other's offsprings and defend each other's offsprings and bless each other's offsprings as well. So this is the agreement that, that David is looking back to. And, he's, and he's, he's looking for offspring of Jonathan that he can be kind to, that he can pour out blessing on, that he can uh, fulfill this promise, this covenant, this agreement to. So he sends Ziba and he says, go, or, or he, he calls Ziba, he finds out about Mephibosheth and Mephibosheth is brought to King David. And David tells him that because of a promise, Mephibosheth, because of a promise that I made to your father, you are now affected. You are now being brought to me and brought into my house. And Mephibosheth, the lovely thing about this is that Mephibosheth didn't make this agreement. And this is, this, is, this, this is the beauty of what Pastor Nick has been talking about this last two weeks, is that there's an agreement made between the Father and the Son that Jesus would come and he would, he would perform all that was needed to satisfy the justice of God on that cross. Jesus performed all that. Jesus suffered. He died so that we could go free. And because of that agreement, God accepts Jesus' sacrifice 
And so the Father, the Son have agreed this. This agreement has been fulfilled. It's been, it's an eternal covenant set in place, done, dusted, like the agreement that David and Jonathan made. And Mephibosheth comes before David. And Mephibosheth didn't make this agreement. Mephibosheth had nothing to do with that covenant between David and Jonathan. Mephibosheth just comes because the agreement is in place. Because it's there. And brothers and sisters, that is the way it is with us. We come into salvation. We step into salvation because of what the Father and the Son have agreed and performed. We step into our salvation because of what they have done. And the beauty of that is, is that we can't do anything to improve that. There's nothing you or I can do to improve this agreement between the Father and the Son. And, and, and likewise, there's nothing that me or you can do that can take away from this agreement between the Father and the Son. Jesus has done it all. It, the agreement has been made. The covenant has been made. It has been performed to perfection. And therefore, God's justice is satisfied. And we can enter into blessing because the justice of God is satisfied. Hallelujah. And so Mephibosheth comes before David because of an old agreement between David and Jonathan. And Mephibosheth is about to enter into something amazing. Amazing. David is going to give Mephibosheth a home. He was living with somebody else under somebody else's roof. And now Mephibosheth is going to have his own lands. He's going to have a place. He's going to have an identity. Hallelujah. And what can Mephibosheth offer David in return? Nothing. Nothing. There's nothing that Mephibosheth is bringing to offer David to get this. Not at all. Not at all. And it is the same with us, brothers and sisters. If you're on that treadmill of trying to earn something from God by what you're doing, then you're wasting your time. It has been done between the Father and the Son. That agreement has been done. It's in place. And we come on the basis of that agreement. We come on the basis of that covenant. And we receive all the blessings all the promises which are yes and amen and all the good things of God because of what the Father and the Son have worked out. And so it is with Mephibosheth. He receives blessings from the hand of David because of what David and Jonathan have agreed. And Mephibosheth, all he could do, all he could do was believe it and say yes. And really, that's what it is for us as well, brothers and sisters. We have to just simply come in faith, believing 
that just the justice of God is satisfied, us doing good works doesn't add anything to that. We come in faith, believing in, in this great covenant that the Father and the Son have made. Mephibosheth believes it. All he can do is believe it and receive it. And so Mephibosheth now is going to go and live with David. It's the same with us. We have received because of what the Father and the Son have done. We have received a new home. We belong, brothers and sisters. We belong. We belong in heaven. We have a new, a new home for eternity, which will never be taken away from us. We belong. Now we are in the presence of God. We have a new home. We have a new dwelling place. And we have become the dwelling place of God. And David is going to, or Mephibosheth is going to live with David. And it tells us that, it says something interesting then. It says that Ziba, Ziba, this servant, is going to go and he's going to live on Mephibosheth's land. And he's going to farm the land with his sons and with his servants. And Ziba, the name, his name means stationed. And, and Ziba is a picture of the Holy Spirit, brothers and sisters. Ziba is going to be sent to Mephibosheth to make him fruitful. To make him fruitful. And, and all that... Uh, that all this land that Mephibosheth has been given is going to be farmed, is going to be looked after, and Ziba is going to make that land bear much fruit. And brothers and sisters, we have been given the person of the Holy Spirit, and because he has been given to us, we will bear much fruit. So we are not inactive we are working, we are doing things, not to earn salvation, that's been done. The, the justice of God is satisfied. We, we, we gain salvation because of what the Father and the Son have done. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, our Ziba, if you like, we become fruitful. And we do things through the strength, through the leading, through the activity of the Holy Spirit. And we bear fruit. We bear fruit, brothers and sisters. It's completely different than trying to come and earn our salvation and doing things for God. We don't do things for God. We do things through the strength of God, through the power of the Holy Spirit. I remember, I remember different times in my life being frustrated that what I endeavored to do for God seemed to come to nothing. And actually, it brought me to this, this whole area of understanding the new covenant. That's why I'm, I'm so, I want to encourage you to explore it and understand it. But I remember being, being frustrated that, that the things I was trying to do for God, they just weren't happening. 
I remember being annoyed with God, you know, and, and sort of saying this, this line to God of, of, God, I'm trying to do stuff for you and you're not blessing me. And it was the wrong way around. I was trying to do stuff for God instead of letting him do it through me. Brothers and sisters, this is the way. And if you're, if you're frustrated in your ministry life or your, your, your walk with the Lord and it feels like you're, you're not bearing fruit, then maybe you're trying to do something for God instead of letting Him do it through you. Let the Zeba, the Holy Spirit, come into your land, into your place, into your home, into your life, into your walk with God, and let Him make you fruitful. That's what he has come to do. He has come to give us the fruit of the Spirit. And through that fruit, we look like Jesus and we'll be an influence and we will, uh, we will love people. We will win people. We will, we will do ministry. We, we will live for the benefit of others if we live according to the Spirit, through the power of the Spirit, through the leading of the Spirit. Are you with me tonight? And this is what happens. David, David invites Mephibosheth into this life where Mephibosheth gets to live with David and Ziba makes him fruitful. And, and that's the life that we're invited into tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Mephibosheth, then it tells us that, that Mephibosheth sat at the king's table and ate with the king as though he were one of his own sons. Brothers and sisters, we have been invited into this relationship with God. We get to talk with God. We get to sit at the table. In fact, it tells us that he's knocking at the door, waiting to come in and sit with us and dine with us. Amazing that, isn't it? But we get to sit at the table with God and commune with God, talk with God, hear from God. Like, like Mephibosheth, he was sitting at the table in communication with the king, talking with the king, relaxing with the king, resting, just being with the king. And brothers and sisters, that, that's what we have. We get to not just pray, and praying is, is so important, it's so important, and, and read and, 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 and work through the power of the Spirit for Him, but we get to just be with Him, enjoy Him, rest in His presence, just, just walk and talk with Him. Just be, be in fellowship with them. Laugh. Cry. Just, just, just talk to him and, and share life with him. Can you imagine Mephibosheth sitting at the table with the king and, and there is this, this lovely table and on the table 
are all sorts of, I was going to say ham, but they don't eat ham, I don't think, the Jews. <laughs> okay, there's all sorts of venison and, and beef and lamb. And if you're a vegan, I'm sorry, I'm not a vegan, not at all. But there was all sorts of vegetables and, and, and fruits. There was, there was a feast at this table. And Mephibosheth is sitting at this table. And when you, when you look at this picture, and I want you to try and picture it in your mind, here is this crippled man who has... Uh, deformities and difficulties and challenges and disappointments. But, but brothers and sisters, they're all under the table. All of these disappointments, all of these frailties, all of these, in those days it would have been embarrassments, all of these things are under the table and covering all of this Covering his weakness, covering his frailty, covering his shame, brothers and sisters, is all these treasures and good things from God and promises and, 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 and a feast, brothers and sisters. And that's what we've been brought into. Our shame is covered by the table of treasures from God. Our, 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 our shame has been covered and we sit face to face with brothers and sisters all level at the table. It doesn't matter what the weaknesses are. It doesn't matter what the history is. He sits at the table with the king's sons and with the king and he is covered and the shame is no more. No more. And brothers and sisters, I don't know what your shame is tonight. What is it that, that you feel is unsightly about your life? I want to tell you, it's, it's, it's not an issue anymore because it's covered by the table. It's covered and we sit face to face with the king, brought into a place of wholeness of righteousness, and all our shame is covered. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a table, brothers and sisters. What a table we sit at tonight. Mephibosheth took a seat at the table, and Ziba made him fruitful. How pathetic would it have been for Mephibosheth to try and bring his little loaf of bread and set it on the king's table to try and say, uh, King, I'm trying to pay you back here. I've got, I've got something. I've got something that I think can, can cover a bit of my shame. No. No. It's a king's table, brothers and sisters. And nothing less than a king's table will do but that's what we have that's what we have you know tonight sometimes we can be a little bit like a, a reluctant Mephibosheth we are, we're offered all this 
And somehow we hold back. We hold back. We, we don't maybe accept the invitation to the feast. We, we're reluctant to come and take our place in fellowship with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And he's invited us into, into, into this fellowship and, and we're seated with him at a table and sometimes we're reluctant to take our seat because, because of the shame or the deformities. You know, we hold back, brothers and sisters. And tonight I want to encourage you, step up to the table. Take your seat at the table. Take your seat at the table. Let the shame be covered. It's gone. It's gone. It's paid for. There is no point in us trying to carry that anymore. We can't do anything about the past or really we can't do anything about our weaknesses. That's why there are weaknesses. But what we can do is we can take our seat at the table where it is all covered, all paid for, and we can enjoy it. We can enjoy it. We can enjoy the freedom of it. And we can have our conversation with the King of Kings and not hang our heads in shame. And we can allow the Holy Spirit to make us fruitful. Imagine if Mephibosheth said, no, I don't believe this can be true, so therefore I'm not going to I'm not going to allow Zeba to go to the land. I'm not going to accept the land. I'm not going to allow that fruitfulness to happen. And sometimes we're a bit like that, brothers and sisters. We're saying, I can't believe that, that, that Jesus would make me fruitful. I can't believe that he would bear fruit through me. I can't believe that the Holy Spirit would do something through me. We're sometimes a little bit like that. And I want to encourage you, because we're seated at the table, Zeba can go. Her shame is covered. He, the Holy Spirit, wants to make us fruitful. He wants to bear fruit in us and through us. Jesus said, remain in me and you'll bear much fruit. Can we stand, brothers and sisters? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I, let's close our eyes and, and let's consider for a moment what are the things in our lives that, that take us away from enjoying the seat at the table, from taking the seat at the table, from enjoying the benefits of the seat at the table. A lot of it is condemnation from the enemy. The enemy always comes, sits on her shoulder and says, you're too, you're too deformed to sit at that table. You're too sinful. Your history is too bad. If they ever find out about what you're, what you're really like, you'd be thrown out. You don't deserve. And while that's partially true, it is true, we don't deserve 
and we are we have shame and we have done wrong things and we're we're sinful and we've we, we're, we're selfish and we're, we're all these things that the enemy condemns us of. But there is a greater truth, brothers and sisters, that we sit at the table of the King. And he has covered our shame and he has decided in his wisdom to put his Holy Spirit, that's the third person of the Trinity within us. And he has decided in his, in his wisdom that he can put the Holy Spirit within us and bear fruit in our lives, brothers and sisters. So tonight, it's a simple yes or no, will I believe it or not? Will I believe it? And will I live in it or will I not? Lord God, we come to you tonight, Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for, Lord, thank you, Lord, for that new covenant, oh God, where you went to the cross, Lord, where you fulfilled all that was necessary, Lord, Lord, to provide salvation for us, oh God, free of cost, oh God. It's completely free, oh God. Oh Lord, and you've, oh Lord, prepared a table for us, Lord. Oh Lord, a wonderful table, Jesus. Lord, a table, Lord, where, Lord, every weakness, every shame, Lord, every sin, everything has been covered, Lord. Oh Lord, our past, Lord, covered, Lord. Our, our old identity, Lord, Lord, covered, Jesus. Lord, we have a new identity, Lord. Lord, a seat at the greatest table ever, Jesus. Oh Lord, a table of blessing, God. A table of riches, Lord. Oh Lord, an eternal table, Jesus. Oh, Oh, Lord, and we've been given a new identity, Lord. We've been brought into sonship, Lord. Oh, Lord, with you, Lord, adopted Jesus, Lord, brought into your family, Lord. Lord, like Mephibosheth, oh, God. Oh, Father, Lord, and tonight, Jesus. Oh, Lord, help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Lord, even tonight, Lord, remind us of, us, of it, oh, God. Lord, help us, Lord, this week, Lord, to live, Lord, with an awareness of that truth, Lord. Lord, we've been made righteous, Lord, made whole, oh, God. And we've been given your spirit, oh God. We have all we need, Lord. Lord, pertaining, Lord, to life and godliness. All we need, Jesus. All we need, oh God. And it's all been provided for you, God. So help us, Lord, Lord, to not strain with it, Lord, but help us, Lord, to rest, Lord, in the knowledge, Lord, that it is you, God, who will produce the fruit. It is you, Lord, who will produce these good works that you've pl planned in advance for us to do. God, you've, Lord, called us, Lord, into ministry, Lord, and, oh, Lord, even in our workplaces, Lord, in our homes, Lord, in our lives, Lord. Lord, this week, Lord, Lord, help us to remember, oh, God, who we are, Jesus. Lord, help us to remember, Lord, what table we sit at, oh, God, and help us, Lord, to rejoice in it, oh, God. Oh, Lord, and flow, Lord, Lord, with the fruit, Lord, of your spirit, Lord. Lord, in your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 God bless you, brothers and sisters. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions at all, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and see you next time. God bless.